Well, hello, gentle persons. Welcome back to Divas, Diamonds, and Dollars podcast. I'm Larissa Troach, together with Cecilia Benford. We are talking to all the smart, forward-thinking women, and we offer the tools and strategies to help you get ahead and succeed at a higher level. Welcome. Well, hello there. So... For us, we say, wow, it's Monday all over again. And guess what? It is also the first day of spring. So we've almost gone through a quarter. So this is a perfectly timed podcast in that regard, because just to give you a quick recap. So we want you to know that we, you know, we don't just make this stuff up. We, we, you know, there's some order to things, all right? So January began with a fresh start. So that's why I wanted to say it's spring. Fresh start, right, for the new year. And then we focused on purpose, resilience, and intentional life. Well, you put that together for the right fit for you because we are here for you. You come up with your right fit based on you know what we have to say and what you reflect and your actions because remember we always give you actions right february was a leadership topic and when we talk about leaders we talk about values driven leadership as well as cosmopolitan after all we are in a global world right everything is connected globally and of course we had uh some did you know sort of things as it related to Black history? However, the emphasis for us is that Black history is not just a month. Black history, excellence, or living Black excellence is really a daily thing, all right? So we hope that, you know, you'll look for things because there's plenty out there to learn about, to see, contribute to. And then finally, March was Intentional Women's Month. So this is certainly, you know, we're following the international theme, which was equity, embrace equity. And so you'll hear some of everything in what this month's series is going to be, because we tie that with the ultimate goal of success on many levels. We certainly are not talking about all these things without thinking about you being successful and us being successful. So if you're not thinking success, I probably would say you're in the wrong place. Although, you know what? We can tweak you. We can we can help you, you know, step up if that's what you need to be, okay? And then, of course, the uh, non-traditional roles of women in the workplace. So, hey, there's a plethora of things, exciting things everywhere you look. So to be successful today, you truly do need to be diverse and to understand the benefits of diversity. So stay tuned. You'll hear some of the reasons why. So I was having some thoughts. And what I want to say is, how do... In our little pre-convo, if you will, we were having a conversation about some of the conundrums in the workplace. And I think that it's hard to focus sometimes on quote unquote, being all that you can be, not to enroll anybody, enlist anyone in the military, but there are some leadership challenges. And I just, it's hard sometimes to stay on track. So I'm hoping that today's conversation, this month's conversation, which will be a four-part series from dark, if you will, diverse, accountable, resilient, and connected 
leadership. So we've put together a series that um, it may almost sound like I'm grilling Cecilia, but I don't want her to take it that way. So this is just our little secret, but um, I want to, to invite you to lean in, if you will, because this is an important topic. And again, with the challenges that, you know, these little barbs and darts coming from all directions and it's a little bit hard to stay focused sometimes. So at the end of this series, if you will, we hope that you will explore more by connecting with one of our uh, future master classes or um, future live podcast. You know, we're just trying to, as I said, we said at the beginning, no, we said at the end of last year, that we're going to level up. And so we invite you to lean in and engage with us. And for example, a 2023 nonprofit talent management priority survey, if you will, indicated that attracting, hiring diverse talent is a top priority. And in the day to day, you may not remember that, but we want to bring it home for you today a little bit more and emphasize how important it is. And for example, just to help get you on track, get your head right, as they say, uh, consider these survey, consider the survey results. You might want to look that up and listen to this quote, as I think says it very succinctly. The path to diversity begins with supporting, mentoring, and sponsoring diverse women and men to become leaders and entrepreneurs. And that was by uh, Denise Morrison, but I think that really brings it home. So I'm excited to share this little conversation with you today. Okay, so with that in mind, uh, the path to diversity. And so we, as I've already said, we're all about success. And in my mind, success is an exception. So be exceptional. That's really the goal, okay? Everything we talk about is to for that. And ooh, I don't want to stumble on this name, but anyway, that quote is by Malti Bowani, B-H-O-J-W-A-N-I, in case I'm not saying that correct. And Larissa, you're so right. I mean, you know, the barbs everywhere. And, um, you know, I read a lot of content. I support two different um, organizations. And right now, uh, this is part of our topic. And so I'll, I'll share a little bit of kind of what's been happening the last couple of weeks or so. But the outlook of a diverse leader, that's who we're talking about, is one who pursues being a successful leader. And there's reasons for that. So findings from over 200 studies show that diversity in business leaders leads to greater innovation, customer service, employee engagement, and long-term growth. And that's by Burson. That was a, a, a quote back in 2020. So I ask you, who doesn't want that? Previously, uh, I, I'm pretty sure, you know, there have been various persons who have said something like that. Uh, customer service, for sure. Long-term growth. And then as things started stagnating, uh, the whole pandemic kind of brought out some things like, hey, we need greater innovation. And then we started having to look at employees different because employees were saying, hey, look at me. I'm leaving because you're not looking at me, right? 
So by taking the time to understand the experience of employees who belong to multiple social groups, you know, sometimes we just look at people and we look at them through our lens. It's kind of like, oh, they're just like a clone of me. Well, no, they're not. They're nothing like you, right? And so leaders have to learn how, you know, different things affect people. Um, if they're, if a person is being oppressed in some other way, you know, outside the organization, within the organization, those things affect how they work. Okay. They affect how they think they affect how much loyalty you're going to get. So all of this is interlinked into who a person is and you have to solve these issues. You can't just, okay, this is just that person. And so we're just going to try to fix that person. Or maybe it's the culture of the organization. The bottom line is you can't solve these things within a silo. It takes everybody, okay? And, and I believe that a servant leadership style is one that lifts people up and develops them to be their best self. So we do have to pay attention to all this. So with that as a backdrop, let's talk about growing into your leadership role. And, and I think we, we you know, hit this at different levels. Sometimes we think we've arrived and then you're kind of thrust in maybe a different circumstance, uh, environment, uh, groups of people. And you realize, ooh, I have not arrived. I, I got some learning here to do. And so, um, so as Larissa and I often talk about lifelong learning, I, I would submit to you that we we do grow into a leadership role at different levels. And with that, to do that, it requires intention and purpose. So uh, intention was one of the words we used uh, when we talked about this in January. You're going to hear that again. So we have diversity show up in different settings and it creates more engagement because people don't think the same. I think just for a long time, nobody ever thought about how people think. And so that's one of the things that I learned um, in one of my organizations where I attended a worldwide conference. And the whole thing was about how people think. It was about how do we train thousands of people. Very, very intriguing to hear people from other countries talk about that. So um, learning does take place and it can generate impact and results for your business or your organization. So you have to be open-minded about that. Intersectionality is a term that we hear today. And Picture this, it is the pivot of diversity because sometimes diversity becomes a stagnant term, but no, now we want to think about how does, what does this really look like? Well, let's take um, a woman, okay? That's a gender, right? Uh, sometimes people are speaking gender. Previously, we talked about, you know, the different sexes, male or female, but uh as a woman, they may wear different hats. Um, they may be a different religious background. They may be uh, from a different ethnic group. And I would say that to say different from the majority group, okay? If the majority class of people are from uh, whites or Caucasians, if 
you know, that's not always the case, of course. But just to use that as an example of what that might look like to explain that. Um, so the interests, where, where do these things, how I think, how I'm influenced, what are the things that um, may impact how I perceive things? That's a big one. Perception is very, very difficult to really talk about until it's pointed out, all right? Leaders should develop, and if they aren't developing uh, strategic policies, then they should be enforcing it. And so when, if you're a leader, strategically, you're doing this for everyone. You can't just do it for some people. Policies are there for everyone. That is one area that can show up differently in organizations. And some people are just better at working on this than others, all right? You commit to a, an intentional long-term strategy by allocating resources, time, and space. So, Risa, you said something a little earlier that reminded me the challenge about being a leader. I was talking to one of my coaches last week and she said, you know, being a leader is not for the faint heart. It, it really isn't because there are just so many things that come at you <laughs> that you have to think about. And some people are much more, uh, are, are bigger thinkers. I think, again, servant leadership style really requires you to be just kind of looking at so many different things because you got your mission. You have, uh, what are the values that you hold? You also have the different people and you're trying to develop and you're trying to, you know, lead. But oh, by the way, we got to get this done. Mm -hmm. And some people just go straight forward. They don't even think about the people. They just throw these things out. Here we are. Okay. Leadership is also more than just representation. So what, what do I mean by that? Well, uh, we used to talk about the token person. Mm. And sometimes that could be kind of derogatory, a derogatory term. It could be a resentment idea. And um, that's what I mean about representation. So when we look at people, people secretly wonder about that person. And they're going to question what their beliefs are, what their policies are, and really their positions. So when you are uh, either hiring someone or bringing somebody in or giving somebody an opportunity, you don't want somebody here just to represent and say, oh, okay, we've mixed it up a little bit. That's, that's not what you want. You need to look at all those things. And keep in mind that the people that you are developing deserve a values-driven leadership person. Uh, we, you know, some, there are people out there, I'm telling you, I, you know, I kind of question, do they have any values? You know, what are their morals and how, how they think does really affect what the vision of the organization is. And maybe somebody else put the vision up and this person comes in and they just kind of do their thing or, you know, what is the mission all about? So all those are affected. And then finally, so remember I said something about perception. So, you know, sometimes you do have to ask the hard questions because I think that sometimes you can't just discern that everything is okay in your organization. Too many people have made that mistake. 
They don't find out until an exit interview that everything is not okay, all right? So you do have to ask or you do have to seek. Uh, you do have to have conversations with people to find out kind of what the health of the organization is. So you can uh, check your company's culture. Maybe you just ask this of just your leaders. Maybe you put out a survey. Again, maybe you do it in an exit interview. But some of the questions you might want to um, offer are, you know, check either neutral or negative about feeling welcome and appreciated. Uh, second one would be, do are you neutral or negative about being in an inclusive environment where individual differences are respected and supported? Another question could be whether you feel neutral or negative how each other are treated uh, with respect regardless of their age, race, ethnic background, gender, religion, disability, sexual orientation, or family status. Now, I, I put a lot of things out there, but this is key. This is a key area because I've seen it. Some people are just uncomfortable, even as leaders, being around certain people. I've seen it. <laughs> they just can't help themselves. But that's why we're talking about this, right? Because you can work on this. Okay. And then just uh, one last comment, if you you know wanted to do a survey like this, um, either neutral or negative about being recognized when a person does a good job. Sometimes people say, well, this is just your job. No, we don't need to recognize people. And then there are some people because of maybe their positions or their perceptions, they don't, they feel singled out. They've done a great job, but they don't want to be singled out because they, you know, about how other people think. So I was um, in one of my group meetings last week and my goodness, you know, this, this took off on a whole tangent about rewarding people and one, do people have budgets for rewarding people? Uh, how do we find out, you know, some people aren't very creative about this. Mm -hmm. I'm a big believer in rewarding people. Um, special notes, special, um, I want to say, go and look for little gadgets. Um, I had a squeeze world ball. I had one that was like sports. So I bought these different sports balls around March Madness. And it was for a group of people. And I don't remember what, but it was, well, the group of people I remember who I bought them for, but it was, you know, it represented something. Another one was to use a, a global ball to say how we you know, we contract for people all over the world and you are, you significantly, significantly contribute to this. So when you see that ball, but, oh, by the way, sometimes if I'm stressed, you need to squeeze it. But, it, you know, it's just little things like that to recognize people, okay? So that's not necessarily a reward. And yet it, it was to recognize that they, you know, so it's a little thing. But then some people kind of do need to, uh, special uh, we do spot awards um 
you know, they don't fall under a certain category. And then there are these bigger ones. I remember the first uh, award I went to HR and I said, hey, don't we have some money? Can we do, you know, I'd like to, there's a couple of people I'd like to do a special, special cash award, not big money. And I can just remember, you know, to be able to do that and to hear their appreciation, don't tell them about it. You know, it's no big thing, quietly. Hear people just say, oh my gosh, nobody's ever recognized me for anything. So that's that's a big thing. That's recognizing that everybody can bring something to the table and we should acknowledge it. All right. So what say you? Well, you said a lot as the saying goes. And uh, first of all, I want to recognize your definition of intersectionality as I say that, and I didn't turn the page, but um, because I didn't exactly know what that meant. So I appreciate your definition that really cleared it up for me. And that's something I can really think of as I'm, I mean, I, I feel like it's a thing that you know, but you didn't have a name for it. I, I hope that people know that, you know, that it's, and it's, it's, and it's part of what I try and talk about when I'm having a moment with my team because <laughs> I'm like, look, you're not a paper pusher. You are a business professional. And I, you know, I want you to comport yourself accordingly. And it's so yes. weird to have to say that right. to adults. But the part about the other part of it is that one, that's one layer, but the other, other part of it is that we're all so many different people and we bring, most of us bring our whole self to the office. And as a leader, manager you have to recognize that this is not just your staff member this is a woman from mm -hmm. this background with this household mm -hmm. with this upbringing you know there's so many variables and and not being aware of or otherwise recognizing that I think that can impact how you lead your team and I feel like you really do need to know that at the same and I'm just going to say along those lines <laughs> many detours but I feel like you know when I'm listening to you describe your previous uh work environment I feel like your environment is quote-unquote the grown-up version of what an organization should be and I get that when, when you're a in the government be at the higher level of government there are certain structures and policies and procedures in place that are actually enforced and that it is a true it, I don't know, true, um, it's a true company policy. As a matter of fact, you know what happened? So, you know, we're recruiting, I may have mentioned a couple of times, and I noticed that they changed the quote unquote company uh, mission or what Charities is about. And it was much more um, inviting, if you will. And it talked about being entrepreneurial and uh, innovative and all these things. I'm like, uh, that's what I said. Really? Yeah, things have changed. Yeah, uh, really. But they never communicated that. Ah, uh, well, that's, well, that's what I thought was a shame for when you said that. You're like, I found out. I'm just like, right. you need to bring this stuff up to the right. people who are who are living. It's not just people that you're trying to attract to the exactly. company. How about the people you want to retain in the right. company? Because I thought this was a really good direction for the company to grow in. Um, and then, of course, the fact that they're giving bonuses, which they were not giving a, a few years ago. <laughs> mm -hmm. But, you know, there are some changes. But, I mean, why don't you communicate these changes? And then the last point about this detour. When I started many years ago, 
I will say that I was the only black woman in the office. And I feel like I felt, and once in a while, I still feel like they just did not know what to do with me. Mm-hmm. That they had not worked closely with a black woman for any length of time or other than in passing. So I was a new shiny object for them to wonder about. So it's been an, it's been um it's been an education. But I do feel like having my military background, you know, we were both in government. I was in military, you were civil, I guess. I'm not sure if that's what they yeah, called yeah, you guys. Yeah. But um, you know, we have these structures. Being with military bosses. And and procedures. And so I I know that colors how I still manage today. You know, it was many, many months ago. But I mean, it was a it was a foundation to build on. And I still try and bring that into the workplace because, you know, it's concerning. What's it called? Gotta corral those rabbits. <laughs> so one of the I mean, that's just some backdrop to how you know we're talking to you and sharing our all with you as we tend to do sometimes. There's a lot to consider when you're working with people from the different backgrounds and the different, you know, once upon a time, you know, it was called baggage. Um, but is it so much baggage as it is the environment that shaped our characteristics that we present to the world? So there's a lot that we bring when we come to work. And the question of the day is, what do you, what are you doing to develop a diverse pool of candidates for leadership development? I don't know how many people you have to work with. You know, my my staff, if you will, has gone up and has gone down every time they switch to portfolios. And for a minute, I only had three managers for a gajillion properties. Now I'm, and with that in mind, now I'm up to six. And I keep forgetting I'm going to put them all on the email chain. So I'll send out an email and then I realize, oh, I left off half of people. And so it just, that's just, okay, that's bad. That's bad on me. That's really bad. But it's it's just kind of hard to keep up with all my people. And it's so interesting. I think it's interesting to me that most of the property managers that I supervise are um, female. And I'm just like, and I do think about the demographics of the area in which we work, uh, you know, like who's available in the general population versus who is in the office. And the question question becomes, why are all the demographics, if you will, not well represented? Because there's definitely, there are definitely some people on the wider population that are not represented inside the company. So I do think about that once more. I think that's interesting. So that's a question for you. How well does your office team represent the wider population around you? Because the important uh, odd thing is that say like when we are building a new property, we have to create an affordable fair housing marketing plan so that we can target the people who are least likely to apply to live at our property. And so we have to advertise in different places because you want to catch those eyeballs. But when we are looking at staff, we're just like, oh my gosh, a warm body, phew. And that's a terrible way to go. But you can get in a lot of trouble with hiring warm bodies. Let me tell you, I have, I have lived that way too many times. So when you're looking at developing a diverse pool of candidates, there's some questions you want to want to ask. And why are these questions important? Well, first of all, since we're talking to my ladies, Women still make less than men. 
and I am continually frustrated by that. Age discrimination still exists, although we've got the juice, we've got the talent, we've got the experience, and that cannot be uh, overstated. Pay gap still exists between gender and the races. Leaders are and can be agents of change when they speak up about these discrepancies. Diversity does not always mean people feel included. You may have, look around the room and say, oh, we're diverse, we're good. But that doesn't always mean people feel included within the work culture. Mm-hmm. So folks, don't ignore that implicit and explicit barriers or biases may exist within procedures and processes. How, if you will, are resources being distributed? Is there access, access provided to every qualified group and or person? Mm. Promote diversity of thought. This, oh my gosh, that could almost be a hot button for me. Ideas, mm. perspectives, and values recognizes that individuals affiliate with multiple identities. Not necessarily just what you see on the surface. Who is behind that mask, if you will? Because while we're a mask, we do. It's a survival technique. Mm-hmm. So really, who's who's behind the mask? Just look, you don't need to be all up in someone's business, but you do need to know enough about the person behind the facade. That would have been better. So who is the person behind the facade? What are they thinking? What are they feeling? How are they enriching the work environment? What are their contributions? What might they be allowed to or invited to contribute? So those are some questions that we want you to get cozy with and think about as you are working with your team. You have to, first of all, you have to have FaceTime. You have to have the one-on-one time. And you're gonna take those interactions, if you will, as you are working or working through or otherwise creating or enforcing your policies and procedures. Because it all, it is all, it's it's all part of the 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 bigger mix that you need to look at as the leader who's providing the direction and tone and the culture for your work environment. Yeah, you know, you reminded me, that's one thing about when we do these things, I mean, you just have flashbacks and I can think of, you know, at least immediately on the last thing you said, People who come from another country, you know, maybe the U.S. is not their origin of birth, but, you know, they're now working for the government or anywhere, not just the government. But uh, those were my experiences that I'm talking about. And one of the things as a leader, when people have accents and maybe some of the word usages are different, some Times people are very quiet, you know, and they don't speak up. Well, you as a leader should be paying attention and to help that person feel comfortable because I've worked with some, I mean, I don't want to call countries out or anything, but um, one, I knew they were sharp. I knew that they uh, were uh, good for the organization. So I wanted to help them be comfortable. And it took a while for them to grow into where they were willing to, you know, step out. I mean, cause they were not comfortable. 
but it takes someone to help them be comfortable. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's what we're talking about. Diversity brings goodness, but we have, but, you know, we can't just, you know, sit by and allow, you know, things to go by without getting involved. So just want to give you, uh, so, you know, an example of this, uh, consider women of influence in your community. I mean, you know, sometimes we don't have to start far, just do that. So I have an example that I wanted to share. Uh, the YWCA's organization's mission is to eliminate racism and empower women. I did not know that. I, I've known about the YWCA. I used to work at a Y something years ago, um, but I don't recall ever seeing their mission statement. And, uh, but I found this out when I started delving more into the diversity arena or diversity, equity, inclusion arena, you know, about three years ago when I started looking at this and um, one of our community colleges here has a huge DEI uh, resource, has has everything, but uh, the why comes out with things in the April area here. But anyway, that's their mission. And so recently, six women were honored for being visionaries because that's what we're talking about. People who step up, stand out, who speak up, who are actively engaged, right? They're thought leaders who made a difference in the Dayton, Ohio area. So there were like 166 nominations, I believe, that were submitted and six people were selected. So that, that's really wonderful. And it just makes us think that maybe that's not what you're trying to be. But um, I was just talking to a friend yesterday and I said, you know, there's so many problems in the world mm-hmm. or in your workplace. Every time you look up, there's some issue. And sometimes you can be overwhelmed with the thought of, Something needs to be done. Well, guess what? Something does need to be done. And yes, we all have a role and we are talking business, you know, your business or a workplace organization that, you know, maybe you you can only do so much. Well, that's the point. The thing is you can do so much. You figure out what that corner is and you can be your, you can be a woman of influence without you know you might not be on that particular stage but you're on somebody's stage i i can tell you all right and so um in this particular case these women were also selected because they promoted peace and justice for all because that's what we're talking about whatever you do is to do it for everybody so that's kind of the wrap up for this discussion because there's obviously more things that you can get into but you know we have to leave a little bit, um, save a little bit for later for other conversations. So what's our action plan, Missy? I would just like to wrap up by saying that uh, just because you don't have the title of DEI specialist, manager, whatever that name of the week happens to be, I hope that you can recognize the importance and the value of promoting diversity in the workplace. It enriches the fabric of your office, your team, your results. And I don't think we mention that often enough, but leadership 
being an effective leader is about getting the right results That's right. and building the team to get those results. So title or not, you do have a role in developing a diverse, effective, enriching, innovative, oh, I wanted to say seamless, that's probably not the word, but you do have an opportunity, whether your nameplate says it or not. So nice. don't wait for someone to tap you on Absolutely. the shoulder. Mm -hmm. Step on up and step on out. And as we close, we want to remind you that there are, again, some things you can do in order to create a business or workplace environment where individuals or groups feel welcomed, respected, supported, and valued. That is so right there with Maslow's hierarchy of needs as I like to. Hmm. I learned that in high school, there was a 50 year gap and then not 50, I'm not that old. That's too much math. But it's just so applicable today when I think about all the bombardments and things that are happening. I don't know how that popped in my head, but it is so relevant today. Please remember that. You do have a role in making this happen. Track, if you will, who is being given particular opportunities that reflect the diversity of the company and that these opportunities are reported to upper management. You got to keep your eye on the ball. Mm -hmm. Two, I'm just going to use the word easy. Not easy, but critical action items. So create the environment and track the opportunities. All right. Listen. And, hey, and I'm sorry. Can I just add to that? I, I listened to something you sent me a couple of weeks ago. And one of the things that I really liked about listening to uh, the Hyatt um, person was he talked about leadership from the top that um, had the DEI uh, role, but that they actually exhibited that role and how they did it. Mm -hmm. But he said as a result of that, the employees did the same thing from the bottom up. And so he gave examples where they didn't need their leader to tell them what to do. Mm -hmm. They as employees actually got together and I, I can kind of remember the, what the situation was, but I just thought that was a, a very good um, sharing. Um, and so, and I always believe that, like you said, you don't have to wear the title, but I, I you know, I always look for leaders because they can come from anywhere. And it's great when people take off and do something together without, you know, somebody hammering it down from the top. Yeah, that was an exceptional uh, presentation by Black Enterprise with the, I mean, it was so textbook. I was like, this is what it's supposed to look like. So I was very excited. I'm glad you listened to it. I'm glad you enjoyed that. Okay, gentle persons, next week, we're going to continue the conversation from dark, diverse, accountable, resilient, and connected. Connected. Tomorrow, tomorrow, next time, not tomorrow, you have a minute to absorb what we've shared today. Next week's episode will be accountable leadership, the right to choose. Are you accountable to your team, to yourself? Your journey is both public and personal. What does your team say about you? 
Um, so see you next Sunday. Make sure that you tune in because that will be rich. Join us, won't you? <laughs>